1: Welcome to the two guys hit a mic show, talkzone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely gorgeous Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Big weekend of sports coming up, football in particular, baseball races heating up, got the US open, got a little sports guys talk politics today, all kinds of things going on. In the big dog with a not just a birthday today, but a big milestone birthday. And, uh, we might even play an early version of Beat the Smoke because I can't be in tomorrow. So, well, we may make our football predictions today. We got all that and mucho, mucho más here on the two guys at a Mike show and the opening of the National Football League season. I was watching Bill Clinton and Sandra, how do you pronounce her last name? Fluke? Fluck? I think it's Fluck. Fluck. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Better be, I better be careful with that one. But it's, it's, so I didn't it, watch it, the Cowboys. Because it's, it's not Fluke. Yeah, everybody it's... thought it was, but they were pronouncing it differently. Yeah. All right. And, uh, you know, Elizabeth, well, I was watching all the speeches didn't catch the Dallas Cowboys in their big victory over the New York Giants. And let's welcome in my good part of the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, we were talking about the odds in the Las Vegas. We were, you know, curious why the Giants were only three-and-a-half point favorites. I guess the odds makers knew what they were talking about. Tony Romo, outstanding. And the Cowboys kick off the NFL season with a big victory. I hope you were able to watch more than me.
0: I was uh, I watched it from my phone yesterday. Uh, thank goodness I have NFL Mobile. I, I gotta tell you, something, coach, I'm I'm an extremely lucky man. I have a a girlfriend with an incredible family, and they basically let me live here. But they don't have a television. Wow. So, um, thank God I have Verizon, who has NFL Mobile, because I can't tell you what I would do without football. Mm-hmm. And that might sound stupid, but Everybody has their TV shows that they have to watch. I don't. I don't have to watch any television show. But when it comes to football, I have to watch it. When On Friday night, when I go by high school football games, I, like, shouldn't I should be in there watching it? I don't even care who's playing, Coach. So it's football. It's not the television. And thank God Verizon has. Uh, so I'm sitting there watching this tiny little television, watching uh Dallas put a real, real good win against the, the the New York Giants, and it's a real good win considering that their offensive line sucks. How they could win a football game with that bad of an offensive line compared to what the Giants' defensive line was given to them? Mm-hmm. If they can get that situated, I, I told you I really expected a lot out of the Cowboys. They've got a lot of, of, of talent in their skill positions, and their defense was a lot better than last year. I think they proved it last night. They just they were they reminded me of the Bears last year with. They've got a real good team, but a horrid offensive line. That's where the Cowboys are at right
1: now. Interesting. Defending champions of the NFL red hot last year, I guess, five or six, four or five months off will kill your momentum a little bit. The Giants getting knocked off by the Dallas Cowboys, 24-17 the final. The O-line wasn't good, but I heard Tony Romo, big dog. I heard uh, Tony Romo was outstanding.
0: You know, it was so funny as – like late in the first quarter, early in the second quarter, right around that time, he threw one of the most abysmal interceptions that you could ever throw. Then again, it was after he was pressured, but he kind of just and like he threw the ball and immediately got into interception tackle pursuit. I'm not kidding; he was with, like the ball was right out of his hands. He was like, "Oh no!" And what ends up happening is the the, the Cowboys make a, an illegal tackle and horse collar on the one yard line so they get a half a yard out of it they stop the guys from going they stop the the Giants from scoring and they end up winning by four wow. so Michael Boley gets into the end zone on that interception mm-hmm. return it's a totally different ball game and and so that goes you never give up You keep on hustling the guys tackle at the one yard line most other people would have given up. That ends up being the difference in the game, and, and Tony Romo, besides that play that I just talked about, mm-hmm. was he was really good last night. But like we all know, not to not to Romo will break your heart. So, uh, but you never know, quarterbacks they make they get better, they learn, mm-hmm. and, they, and if you keep on getting opportunities and you stay in the same offense for a couple of years. Good things typically happen. Cowboys C- looked good last night.
1: Carrie Underwood, by the way, will be the first to uh, confirm your break-the-heart uh, motif. Uh, two questions for you. One, if you're watching on a cell phone, is and I've never really done that, is part of it, do you get to, like, uh, you know, will you get an occasional phone call from, like, a backup left tackle, uh, an assistant coach? Are you able to communicate, maybe talk to a Tony Romo between plays? Is that part of the cell phone extravaganza?
0: No, but after Jason and, uh, Witten was getting run over by people last night, I did get a call from the, the <laughs> Dallas Cowboy GM, wondering if I still had some eligibility left in the nice. NFL. I do. Uh, nice. By the way, I, I do. He didn't care if I did at that point. That's
1: that's the nice part about interactive football, mm-hmm. interactive television. You know, if you, you you might get the call in the middle of the game. The general manager probably has uh, lots of contacts. Big dog, you're on a lot of lists. Some you probably don't want to be, but you know, one of the lists you you could be on. Well, not the short list, but the long list of backup tight ends from an NFL general manager.
0: Uh, I've got, I have got got a call from a uh, uh, Dallas Cowboy cheerleader yesterday, yep. not directly from her. It was from somebody working for her. Okay. I'm not supposed to contact her anymore. <laughs>
1: that's, like I said, that's one of those lists you don't want to be on that uh, you're on. But we won't talk about any of those in close uh, in case any undercover agents are listening to this show. Which, by the way, you know, the good news, bad news, Big Dog. The ratings have bumped a little bit of late but the rumor i'm hearing is part of the bump in listenership is um people i owe money to yeah that's the problem that's yeah, the problem no so that's you know one of the ultimate good news and bad news situations um now question I'm 2 to water
0: in the titanic
1: how <laughs> question 2 and i'm going to get to your birthday in just a second believe me i didn't forget but as long as i got this on my mind you mentioned the quarterback
0: no, no, I, I don't know when your birthday is we don't have to talk about my birthday on the show but it's a big one
1: all right, I'll leave it up to you. I'll, leave, I'll, okay, call, no,
0: I'll We can talk about my birthday.
1: I'll I'll call you off there. But let me get this off my chest here. You mentioned the quarterback tackling. I, you know me, I'm big on scouting. I'm fascinated by the whole scouting resumes and you know what we always have a lot of fun uh when the April draft comes and how specific they are with breaking down the talents of these college players. Do any scouting reports in, in semi seriousness here do you think they ever talk about a quarterback or a running back like in sudden change situations, either, you know, terrible tackler or he's really good. Has a scouting report ever got that specific where a quarterback can get as a plus tackles well after, after interceptions? I think I just answered my no, they own would, question.
0: They would never get a, oh, he's a good tackler. They would only say he showed heart by not putting his head, you know, his chin to his chest and walking off the field where he stayed a competitor and realized he messed up and flew down there and made a tackle. By the way, I hope I didn't describe that wrong. When I said Tony Romo went into hot pursuit, by no means did I mean that he made the tackle because he missed the tackle completely and (laughs) whipped. And it was number 77, Tory Smith, who originally got beat like a rented mule by uh, Jean-Pierre Hall. And uh and he's the one that uh, Romo threw the interception, and he was the one who made the play at the end. But mm-hmm. coach, I do think you might—you won't ever get. Yeah, he's a good tackler. Okay, <laughs> but you will say he showed a lot of heart because you know what? Anybody can show heart when you're up forty nothing, and you know. Oh, he showed a lot of hustle when they were winning forty to nothing. Yep. Show me hustle right immediately. I mean, instantaneously, where it doesn't even affect you for a heartbeat when you do something bad. It's a good point. You know, what I mean that that that's that's when when I'm a scout, that's the one. You know, and everyone's like, hey, look at those guys. They're they're such good teammates. They're having fun. I'm like, they're winning thirty eight to three. I mean, but show me a good teammate when uh, the guy fumbles and there's two minutes to go in the game and somebody comes over and says, hey, we're gonna pick you up. Don't worry about it. You know, that's, those are good teammates. That's
1: exactly right. I'm going to uh, help conduct a coaches clinic uh tonight with some travel team coaches and stuff but one of the points i will bring up with them is you know good it's easy to be a good coach when your team is winning but i watch coaches uh at the grade school level house league level travel level high school level even oh. into college probably a little bit less so in college but it's amazing big though when your team is getting spanked when your team's hitting a bad streak a lot of coaches will just sit down and stop coaching and that is when those fragile 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old kids, that's when they need you most because yeah, they're exactly. down. They're getting beating by, beaten by a far superior team. They need you to keep pepping them up, keep their energy up, and keep coaching them. It's easy to coach when you're winning, to, to your point. It's not so easy to coach or play when you're getting spanked. Yeah, I agree.
0: Totally agree.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right, you want to come to the clinic with me? Uh,
0: I would love to do some of these programs the problem is you do everything on the north side. You know, we have a, a special night out. It's two minutes from your house, and I have to take five trains in order to get that. That's not going to happen. Good so. Point. so As soon as you, you do something in a more localized area, I might have a consideration. All
1: right. To do it. All right. I think the two of us might be able to do something like that. Let me throw the phone number out. You want to talk a little NFL football? We're going to get into the Bill Clinton speech. we got some baseball. We have ignored baseball, big dog, and we uh, need to get to that little meat and potatoes on the – uh, pennant and division races, wild card race in particular. Uh, 888-463-6748. Any of our listeners out there, you want to tune in, chime in, questions, thoughts, uh, positive negatives from the first NFL game, feel free to give us a call. 888-463-6748. I do want to ask you about the officiating last night. I haven't heard much. I'm assuming that's good. But first of all, big dog, uh, 40 years old today. That is a milestone, my friend. A happy birthday on behalf of all of our listeners out there. Yeah, you
0: know, I, I appreciate it, Coach, and the only reason why I didn't want to get on it, much, I don't even know when your birthday is, okay? So, you know, I don't think I wished you a happy birthday or, or blah, 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 or any of that yeah. stuff. So yeah. I, that's I, the only reason I feel a little guilty about it. I do and I'd think- like to come on my Facebook page. I've got, like, 70 notices, happy birthday. I am yeah. like, seriously? I don't think I wished anybody a happy birthday this in the past well, 10 years on Facebook.
1: All right, yeah, I'm not a Facebook birthday guy. matter of fact, my birthday is, is uh, printed wrong. In Facebook, I don't know how it got up there. I certainly didn't do that, but I got a nice uh, happy birthday greeting from uh, co-host Brian Bauer about a week ago, which was very much appreciated. Except the fact that he was about three <laughs> three months off, so I got to correct that. But uh, but Big Dog, this just isn't any birthday for you. Forty. That's a milestone. That's a big. Yeah,
0: I guess so. And and I, I feel real freaking good is the best way for a typical forty-year-old. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't normally do what I do throughout a, a course of the day, so I, I'm extremely lucky, uh,
1: uh, I don't know, have health. When you I Knock on wood, I'll, watch I'll end up getting hurt or something like that. When you think about it, though, uh, you know, I know when I turned 50 just a few years back, <laughs> um, I felt the same way. I felt good, you know, the oldest thing. Uh, it doesn't matter how old you are, how you feel. But occasionally you do think about the age, and you're still a young guy, does it? freak you out a little bit at minuscule times just thinking that you have now hit 40 years old
0: you know what I, i'm gonna honestly say i might have a different completely answer if i was not dating lily the lilac who's 28 years old she's hot she's cool as hell she's Who like what? the dream girl for Eight? me Did you say 18 yes yeah, she's 18 coach wow so She's 12 years younger than me. Both of us, you're the rat. Okay. I really don't care how old I am. You know, if I was 40 and alone, no children, no job, no dream, you know what I mean? But uh, now I have I have my girl, I have a really good job, and I have a dream that I'm still trying to fulfill. So at 40 years old to me is really, I'm not just saying that, I'm, I'm not just trying to be all inspirational and all that. It's to my heart. I feel like I'm 20 years old still. So I honestly wanted to put on my Facebook. I don't want people to get upset at me, but like uh, my 40s are going to be like most people's 20s, where um, hopefully I'll be getting into a career if, if Idris and all these other things that I'm doing with end up working out. And that's where usually people start like their great beginning of their career, and then they like you know meet a girl, get married, have children, buy a house. I'm going to do all that. You know this decade, so I'm like two decades behind everyone. But Mm I really, really enjoyed the previous 25 years or so, coach. So I really can't complain. When you know I've been acting like I've been 22 for the last 15, 30 years. You know Mm -hmm. what I
1: mean? You're gonna be, uh, you're gonna be a closer, my friend. You're gonna finish strong. A man who has everything at this particular point except a TV in the apartment that he's staying in.
0: Yeah, well, I don't care about the television. I mean, honestly, I could care less. I'm about I'm fascinated,
1: that. though, that uh, uh, they can't afford a TV. They choose not. Is that a conscious decision?
0: To yeah, have, yeah. I a, guess I guess their their uh, their Chinese restaurant on Michigan Avenue isn't pulling enough enough money, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, all the architects and engineers that that live in the house they they can't afford it either. Does that? No one watches television hmm. in the house. And there's why there's no reason to.
1: Is it something they miss, or they just they just don't have it out of sight, out of mind?
0: That's. Uh, I, I guess when you don't really watch television and you don't see promos for the next How I Met Your Mother,
1: mm-hmm. you don't
0: really miss the fact that you're not watching <laughs> How I Met Your Mother.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that show even on television? I remember I saw uh, one episode of it. I it think was about it is. Yeah.
1: I think it is. What's the guy? The okay. dude's, dude's name who's very, very big? Um... He's, the, he's the homosexual
0: guy that right. plays the, right. the blatant uh, lady killer.
1: Yeah, that's acting my friend. He's got friend. three names. It's not Anthony Michael Hall. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. There it is. He's got he, actually, three first names. he hosted the uh, the Emmys or some award show. There's so many damn awards show. I can't keep track of them. But, yeah, Neil Patrick is getting uh, bigger and bigger. Uh, what is it, My Friend Earl? They don't get to see replays of that either? That's not a show My name or. is Earl. Yeah, my name is Earl. Yeah, my name I've is Earl. I've never seen an episode of that either. It was canceled five years ago. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's, I mean, that's seriously. People are like, "Well, you don't, don't lie to me. Like you've never seen Jersey Shore." I'm like, I haven't even seen the news. What are you talking about? No, I don't watch television. People don't get it. They, they, they really, honestly, they, are like, "No, I, I have no comprehension of what it would be like." Now without a television.
1: Do Lily the Lilacs parents have a computer? Access. Yes, everybody
0: has a computer. Okay, it even has the keys in Chinese. Pretty cool.
1: Okay. Cool. Have you learned to Lily's work at
0: your brother? Has, Lily's brother has a television, but I don't like to go into the room.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So you're watching football on the uh, on the real small screen. Are you able to pretty much catch the game? I mean, it's it's you don't miss much when you watch it on the small screen like that.
0: Well, well you know what's the beautiful thing about stuff like that is you don't know what you're missing. So all I know is I get I get uh, I get my guy uh, Mac Chris Collinsworth, uh, Al Michaels. I get Al Michaels, and that's that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. And Al Michaels, by the way, was making mistakes last night, and he threw the referees under the bus. He threw the officials under the bus. He's like, yeah, I, the, the officials are—I uh, forget exactly the, the terminology—but he said that he was confused by the the officials after the play, and that's why he said something wrong. Seriously, he's like throwing the officials under the bus last
1: night. Interesting. Speaking I of the, the
0: officials, did a good job last
1: okay, night. Okay, interesting. So no no glaring mistakes. Uh, besides the technicality, how was their court demeanor? I mean, did they look confident? Did they conduct the game, or could you tell there was? I, I, some...
0: I will, I'm going to be 100%. I will. I would bet a lifetime that they took all these officials in, and they may, especially the ones that had to speak the penalties and made them like all week. They had to sit there and be like, "All right, that's a 15-yard personal foul penalty on number 85 of the Giants' first down." Like they made them work on how they talked. The guy was perfect last night. They they really put the best officiating guy that they could in front of the television last night. Coach, mm-hmm. you would have no idea that this was a a substitute official, the guy speaking to the camera. Excellent. You know what I mean? The guy that announces the penalties.
1: I wonder, yes. considering it was the first game and there's so much pressure, uh, they, they probably picked the best of the best, and they all of a sudden comes – I don't want to put a negative on it, Big deal but it's possible – They picked the best replacements. Now, all of a sudden, you get, what, 16 games, 15 games next Sunday times eight officials. Now you're throwing 100 guys out there. Obviously, the quality at 80 through 100 might not be as strong, but uh, I'm assuming they put their best crew out for game number one. I
0: completely agree with you. Absolutely that they had to. That's what I was thinking. And and still, you have to admit that it's a funny thing. You know, isn't been all the mistakes because as us as football fans watching it from television will only know the mistake happened if the cameras catch it and the, and then the announcers go into it. But when they have the official announcing the penalty, all of us as normal football fans will be like, "Wow, he totally jacked that up," or "Corey sounded good." I guarantee they got people training these guys how to talk into these microphones so that. Because they've been botching up what which mic to hit, it is just been funny watching these guys. announce. like mm-hmm. they, they point the wrong way, they count, they count the wrong team, they put the wrong down, down. Well, you know,
1: I I can speak to that a little bit because uh, you know I do the high school games for Comcast, and about three or four years ago they started micing the officials. Now these are obviously high school referees not used to the whole microphone thing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, very. And I don't think they practice much before, and they probably don't even know it's going to be the Comcast game of the week until an hour before the game. So uh, yeah, if you're not used to it, it can be a bit of a struggle, both for the ref and for the people attempting to listen.
0: Yeah, and and once you know, even like okay, I just have to do this. Like in a, I have to, you know, that's all you have to do. All of a sudden, you get a mic on, and you're getting feedback, and you're like, what? What the heck? There's a, there's a personal foul. On Aurora West, you know, I mean, I I totally agree, Coach. Got to work this stuff up.
1: All right, we will see a full slate of Sunday. And by the way, unfortunately, Dog, last minute notice, I will not, I will not be able to be in tomorrow, so I'm going to miss Week Two of Football Friday. So we might have to do a a replay show tomorrow, unless you want to.
0: No, 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 no. I'm going to have to come in. The scene is going to be on air tomorrow.
1: Uh, Who's going to be on air?
0: Matian, I finally got him. Who's Matheus? i have to come in the studio, and this is going to be awful, awful difficult for me tomorrow. i have to come in then. It's all good.
1: Who is Matheus? That's the rock guy? Yes, Matheon. Oh, the one you were mad at about three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, because he
0: slept in, and he called at 11.15 instead of 10.15.
1: Yeah. That's a rock star for you.
0: Yes, it's true. Yeah, it's true. They
1: can play great music, great entertainers. As far as dependability for radio interviews, we'll let it... Uh, let it slide but uh so you'll have to go I'll, I'll try to call in with my beat the schmoes football picks but uh unfortunately all right so that's good if you can make it in or even call in david Olson. i'll help you out we can still have week two of a football friday as you know big dog both you and me we have a little bit of catching up to do especially me i went oh and three
0: i'm not worried about it it's it was the first week of the season i its I could I could have went three and zero or zero and three on all of my yeah, picks, so I'm uh, not even worried about it. It was a bounce of a football here or there, big deal. You're
1: not you're not worried about it. I'm deeply concerned about it. We had my uh, sons go to school night last night, meet the teachers and all. I skipped it to prepare for beat the schmoes. I'm deeply concerned.
0: Parent teacher meetings before the school starts is about as overrated <laughs> as anything could possibly be.
1: Actually, school has started.
0: Oh well then if you're in school and the teachers yeah. are calling you in there's a, there's a reason no, for that. No,
1: no, though. no. You know this is one of these, you know, meet the teacher nights where you uh, go around from classroom to classroom like a guinea pig every 10 minutes the bell rings boom you got to go to the next classroom and the teacher basically gives you a quick synopsis of what your son will or will not be learning during the course of the year.
0: Oh and I, I guarantee <laughs> you all the single teachers they 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 dress up and put on their best to find all the <laughs> single parents out there. <laughs>
1: I don't think that's the primary purpose of it, but uh, hey, if a little shenanigans go on, anything to spice up the uh, go-to-school night, I'm all for big dog
0: Hey, well, if you're a single dad, you might want to dress up too when you're going to these parent-teacher meetings. Because let me just tell you, teachers only nurses do it more than teachers. Coach. <laughs> uh,
1: come nurses, to think of it, David's, David's health is number two. The health teacher last year was a little bit frisky. Now that now that you mention it. The fact that she was sixty-seven years old and not particularly good-looking was something somehow disconcerting, but uh, there was a slight flirtatiousness there, big enough in the health teacher, no less.
0: Yeah, there's two there's ways. She says no. I the rubber gloves turned me off, though.
1: <laughs> oh goodness! All right, eight 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 eight, 8 four six three sixty-seven. 48, the phone number. You want to give us a call? We'd love to hear from you. Talk some football. NFL opening up last night. Beat the Schmoes football Friday with the Big Dog hosting tomorrow. And uh, we'll definitely get into some baseball talk. Want to talk about Bill Clinton's speech as well. Any of those topics, we'll throw them out there. You want to throw some more back at us, you're more than welcome. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, The phone number, Big Dog, did you? Well, I'm going to assume you were watching the football game, so you did not see one of the better speeches that we've seen in a long time.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was great. It was it was everybody's All-American Bill Clinton. No, I didn't get to watch it.
1: Yeah, well, it was great. It was great. And what was great about it, not only in his unique delivery, uh, and by the way, David, well, his, his, you ever notice his fingers? He's always pointing, and they're really long, and they're crooked. One of the secrets, to this is a sidelight. I thought I'd mention it, but um, not sure why I thought I'd mention it. But Big No, you would have liked it because it was, um, you know, it was delivered extremely well, but what was good about it was it was specific. And we can't get into it all now, but he actually went down point by point all the things the Republicans are mad at Obama about and claimed in their convention in Tampa. And he specifically, with obviously the president's experience behind it, refuted much of that. So I like the specificity of his, uh, of his nature.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to say that he was right on that because the Republicans did the same thing, and then like all well, the no. liberal news media, which were the MSNs and the, the CNNs and the Yahoos, were like, "Oh, that was wrong, and this was wrong." So, I guess we since there's only one uh, conservative news source, you'd mm-hmm. have to go there in order to. Yeah,
1: but to the find Republicans, wrong about it. the Republicans weren't, and most Democratic speakers weren't as specific. And knowledgeable because Clinton's, you know, been there and done that. David, do we have any idea of the fatcheck.org of the fat checkers, which the Republicans apparently don't like? Have they, um uh, put their uh, stuff like, on?
0: Like I said, of course they don't like them because there's a bunch of liberals
1: working for them. It's a, oh, it's so now, now, the, uh, yeah. I got you. Now the factcheck.org is liberal too.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it is. Okay. I, I watched the news. That's uh, like it's not. It's not very difficult to tell which way they're all leaning. So,
1: yeah. All right, we'll see if we can get that info. But at any rate, it was a brilliant, brilliant speech. Anybody, uh, and I don't know how, you know, Obama's got to speak tonight, big dog. And there's only one way for him to go after the Clinton speech yesterday. If I were him, I would, seriously, I would tear up his prepared speech. We don't need to hear any more pep talks or political jargon and just tear it up, make a short speech, bring his people on stage, and and celebrate the night. They don't need to do, uh, the best way I can describe it, he's only got one way to go after the Bill Clinton speech, and that would be to head downhill. And keep in mind, we're talking about Barack Obama, one of the great orators of our time. That's how good Bill Clinton was. Joe Biden, on the other hand, I'm looking forward to listening to him. Any thoughts on a Joe Biden? I know you're not a... We haven't talked much about the vice president, but are you a pro con or in the middle on Joseph?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I don't know anything about Joe Biden. Okay, Just the fact that he's Barry Obama's vice president.
1: Thank you very much for that outstanding analysis. Sports guys talk politics here on the show. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Moving right along, big dog. Uh, let's stick on the football beaten and finish it up with baseball. College football. Couple of quick notes. Uh One. I looked at the slate of games coming up this weekend. I was all fired up for the week two of college football because week one was pretty good with the matchups. Mm-hmm. Week two, a big, giant milked out. I mean, there's nothing out there.
0: This is notoriously week two of college football. It is notoriously the worst week of the whole entire season. If you're gonna t- only, there's probably only like five good games out of the 130 yeah, teams
1: playing. A lot of mismatches out. If you're going to take a week off of college football, this would be the week to do it. <clears throat> if i would have known that i would have had you and me in vegas this weekend
0: why would i do that i want to go to vegas when there's a lot of great games up but then again if you're watching uh you know uh braska take on a pacific and they're they're 59 and a half point favorite it's a lot easier to watch when you're getting free beer at the bellagio good
1: point good point indeed um Hawaii. One thing I was going to mention to you now, uh well by the way, speaking of Nebraska, they're actually one of the few teams playing a good game. I think they're playing UCLA.
0: Oh, I take that back. Nebraska's yeah. notorious for playing nobody until conference yeah. play. So. I'm
1: pretty sure I got that right. That's one of the more decent matchups. USC's taking on uh, Syracuse, which could or could not be a good game. But did you see that uh, Alabama with their big win over Michigan jumped over USC in the number 1 some people complaining because USC beat Hawaii 49 to 10 and they dropped from 1 to 2 I'm a USC fan not an Alabama fan but I think that's a good move Alabama's win was more impressive they should jump
0: Yeah absolutely and if you play teams like Hawaii and another team plays a team like Michigan they deserve to jump you okay a, a, a USC, well, they'll, they'll start playing. They start playing, I'm sure, tougher opponents soon. The, a USC typically does play Hawaii early, so not going to get mad at them. That. And they normally will play a Texas or, a, or a Ohio State mm-hmm. or somebody like that. So I, I don't know who their big non-conference game is this year. But as long as they have one, uh, I'll be okay with it. And, yes, they deserve to be jumped by Alabama, who looked, Totally like the number one team yeah. in the country on, on last Saturday.
1: Night. Yeah, I'm still amazed that uh, there's a fair amount of people out there who aren't of that philosophy. Well, if you're number one, unless you do something really bad, you know, you should. if you keep winning, you shouldn't be passed over. Well,
0: first yeah, of all, it was the, the number one before the season. Yes, game. exactly. The, yes, the, the, the rankings before the season are, are so moronic. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, if I honestly had a vote in college football, which I really should, at the beginning of the season, I would do it in alphabetical order, like Kevin Haran does. <laughs> just, just the Elkhorn State is number one, and then you—I mean—to so actually, because what ends up happening, Coach, is what really bothers me is you have guys that will won't relent. Well, they'll be like the best team in the country this year is Arkansas, you know, and then Arkansas is undefeated at five and zero, and another team is five and zero, but the Arkansas is barely winning, but they won't relent, saying, "I was right already. I was right to begin." You know, no, you have to realize that. It's a, it, every week it should be totally different. If you come out with the same rankings every single week, you're not mm-hmm. watching the football games, is all I have yeah, to say. And I, there would be big swings, in my opinion, coach, if I was doing the polls.
1: And it's, it's based on opinion and based how how impressive you think a team has been. So even five, six, seven games into the season, if a number two team wins a game, you know, impressively and a number one not as impressively, and now you compare their whole body of work. There's nothing wrong with, okay, now I've seen all six games. I think this team deserves to be ranked number one. So, Absolutely, Coach. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, we'll see how that goes. Okay, listen, listen, uh, they beat Hawaii
0: 49-10 at home. Hawaii is bad. Alabama destroys Michigan, who was a BCS bowl winner last season, on a neutral field. Alabama is the best team in the country. They had the best win of anybody in america this weekend against michigan it's mm-hmm. just as simple as that
1: yeah when did hawaii they uh, hawaii used to be
0: they, they used to be they used to go seven and five yeah, they and, were they irrespective- would, and they would they would beat you 51 to 48 that's those right. days are gone coach with june june Jones june Jones.
1: yeah exactly yeah. when did hawaii drop off the face of the college college football let's well,
0: just they drop off the face of they're going to go four and eight or three and nine again this year they're, they're i mean they're I, I, I shouldn't say they're horrible or anything like that, they're just, they're a bad college football team. Out of the 120 Division One teams, they're 100 hmm. out of the 120.
1: Should be able to recruit, I would think.
0: You know, you're, you're exactly right, the, the, the biggest problem they have always had is the fact that if you're a parent and you want to go watch your kid play college football, mm-hmm. yes, it's really cool that he gets to go out to Hawaii and play college football for four years, but if you live in Florida, are you really can you afford to spend five thousand dollars on a plane ticket uh, well, for you and your wife to go to Hawaii?
1: Today's day and age of big time college football, that problem is easily solved. You get some of your uh, wealthy alumni backers, and you um, you know set up a little uh, plane situation financial fees, if you know what I mean.
0: You know, I, I've thought about this. Hawaii should have like HBO be their be their channel to watch. They should go non conference. Have HBO sponsor them. Their games start at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's the last game of the of the night, and just have their cheerleaders butt naked. <laughs> they can make a fortune, coach. Wow. So i they, like they're they're playing at four o'clock, you know, out there, but out in you know out east, it's eleven and ten o'clock. The mm-hmm. Cheerleaders are scantily clad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a phenomenal idea. I, I, they would get a lot more recognition. And trust me, the cheerleaders will get a lot more exposure.
1: (laughs) A, it would help recruiting, I think. And B, every time they score a touchdown and score points, the cheerleader push-ups would be that much more interesting.
0: Extremely interesting, Coach.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Big Dog, it's a sick, sick world out there, and I'm damn glad to be part of it, my friend. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, the phone number coach in the big dough talk a little uh college football about the transition into baseball, which we have uh sadly ignored really a little bit too much the past three, four days. I'm gonna hold our producer David Olson responsible for that. But uh, one quick note in college football that I, I think right now it's it's early. But the guy who the guy to beat for the Heisman Trophy, Matt Barkley, is out there, but Geno Smith, big dog, the kid from West Virginia. Playing unbelievable football, the quarterback. Let me throw some numbers out at you. Uh, 32 out of 36.
0: Against Marshall.
1: Not a bad, good.
0: Not a no, bad no, team. No, no, I just, I'm not going to sit here and rip Geno Smith. Don't get too flabbergasted well, by uh, a 32 and 36 completion percentage when they throw the screen past half the plays. They Okay, play. good point. Okay, 323
1: so. yards. Now in the Orange Bowl last year against Clemson, now that was a performance. They won 70-33. to 33. He was, uh, I forget his stat, but if you combine the Clemson game and the game against Martin, in his last two games, the guy's 64 for 79, 730 yards, 10 touchdowns. Geno Smith, West Virginia, coming right at you.
0: Yeah, when they played Clemson last year in the, was that the Orange Bowl mm-hmm. that they played in? Yep. They, uh, Gino, they weren't. It wasn't the screen pass that was dominant. They were throwing the ball down the field, twenty-yard in cuts, right on the money. Gino Smith is like, if you look at him and you go, "Oh, African American quarterback plays at West Virginia." Oh, he must be a scrambler. That dude stays in the pocket and flings it, coach. He doesn't run. Yeah, so you you automatically assume West Virginia is a, a, a scrambling quarterback. Not anymore. That guy just drops back. He's like Dan Marino back there. Mm-hmm. So you really Yeah, but the, the, they do run the screen constantly. So don't get too crazy about his completion percentage. But you know, when you're throwing for 300, 400 yards a game, there's something to be said about that also.
1: Once again, That's the right. name, just the pronunciation of the name or the slight change makes a huge difference. I've always said with you, you can spell it the same way, but if Joel Radwanski goes for a tryout situation, eh. Probably no one's going to pay attention, but if all of a sudden you change the inflection and you call yourself Joel Radwanski, all of a sudden coaches are going to start bringing their clipboards out, they're checking the stopwatch. Gene Smith, at quarterback for West Virginia, eh. Geno, just that one-letter difference, all of a sudden he's quicker, smarter, more poised, more athletic. He's an NFL prospect due to the O at the end of his name, Big dog
0: more of a leader, which is the most important thing you can be yep. as a quarterback at, yep. at any level.
1: Yep. Yep. Now the
0: Joel the names Joel and Gene. Gene is my brother's name. Okay, so that I don't like this. He now does like your brother
1: go him. by Gino? Uh
0: <laughs> no, no, not really. I hate to say it. Okay, yeah. all right.
1: By the way, uh, just as a quick sideline here, the Drew Peterson jury is huddling as we speak. Big dog, David Olson, no results yet, so unfortunately, the immediate conviction, a uh, hope, which has been the case in some other murder trials, right? One and a half. I saw something uh, recently, you know, some of the more notorious guys, hour and a half, it took the jury, three hours, five hours, seven hours. There's at least a couple of holdouts, big dog, in the Drew Peterson trial, which is mildly discouraging.
0: Well, uh, you don't know if there's a couple of holdouts. It just might be straightening everything out. How long has the, the, the jury been... Mm.
1: A little bit over 24
0: Liberating. hours? Four
1: hours? Yeah, listen. No, no, over two. 24. Over 20. It's been at least oh, a day.
0: Oh, no, no. I'm a little worried.
1: Yep. Yep. Mild, mild discomfort at this point. I'm not going to overly panic. Speaking of that, by the way, I have been called not by the local, but by the United States clerk of whatever, a much more official jury duty notice. And I sent them out my usual uh, hearing situation problem, which you know I have. And they Uh sent me a card back saying it's been rejected. So for two consecutive weeks, Big Dog, I have to call in like the night before, starting September 24th, I may or may not be hosting each particular show.
0: Well, I've never been called in for jury duty, ever, in my entire life.
1: It's too bad, because you'd be good.
0: No, I wouldn't. There would be no conviction. Unless it was like against another human being, there would be no way I would convict anybody of a crime. There's way too many people in our jails. Far too many people are, unless like you actually like like stole something from someone or or like it's against another human being. I there is hardly and there's no a ninety nine point nine percent chance would I convict you of something. Wow, I, there's no way with
1: I'm, I'm like
0: so sick. How many rules and laws we have uh, nowadays? The only rules and laws we should have is you shouldn't hurt anybody around you.
1: Any defense attorneys out there interested in contacting the big dog and possibly getting him on your jury? He is available for the $32.33 fee that the jurors are paid. You can contact him at Joel Radwanski at yahoo.com. Or I'm sorry, Joel Radwanski at yahoo.com.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Anyhow, right. I, I might be out for, a, who knows, I might get sequestered into, uh, yeah, there's no big murder trials coming up. Is there, Dan? We got Christopher Vaughn and Drew Peterson going on now, so I'll probably get stuck with like some argument between neighbors about mowing the lawn. But I can't hear anyway, so I should be dismissed. Are you talking local high-profile murder cases or nationwide? Well, this is the United States uh, court, so it could be. I'm not. I don't say. Sure. I don't think there's anything that's going to be tried here that uh, that was major. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, well, anyhow, I'm I'm out there for services available for uh, a couple of weeks, Big Dog. All right, 888-463-6748, Dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Don't forget, football Friday tomorrow. Beat the Schmoes, football picks, and a special guest uh, whose name is Moshe. What's his name, Big it's, Dog? Uh It's Mathian, Coach. Mathian. Excellent. Very, very excited about Mathian. Not sure what he does, but I'm extremely excited about it. Uh baseball, Big Dog, the sport also near and dear to your heart. I know the Chicago Cubs, the team that uh, you root for the most, suffering through, to put it mildly, a rough season. In fact, where did I see this day? Oh, yeah, they are getting smoked by the Washington Capitals or the Washington Generals or whatever they call themselves, the Nationals. The Nationals, Big Dog, on Tuesday hit six home runs. Yesterday... They yeah. hit six home runs again against Cub pitching. And I think I got this right. Are you, are you sitting down right now?
0: No, I'm laying down.
1: Uh, better. Better. Uh, find out where the, the local are Clear! Push! Um, only three times in history, or only three times since 1918, three times since 1918 have teams hit six homers in back-to-back Games, the Nationals did it against the Cubs Tuesday, Wednesday.
0: And I guarantee it probably didn't happen before 1918. It's just that they don't have any, uh, they might not have all of the game-by-game statistics that have backed up
1: yeah. yet. But think There's... about that. Three times since 1918. The rarest of rare, and that's not a record you want to have. The Cubs just did it in defeat against the Nationals.
0: Do you remember about two weeks ago? I was like, "Well, at least the Cubs aren't on pace to lose 100. They'd have to get a lot worse." Well, guess what? I don't think they—they've won like one game since I said that. They're back on pace to lose a, a mm-hmm. hundred games. Wow.
1: You know, we, not, we we yeah, kid a lot about you know the Ron Santo. Tell us about this pitcher. Can you imagine if Ronnie Santo was alive now? With the, I think I can't remember how many. They're, they've set like a record number of pitchers that have rotated through their starting and bullpen. Can you imagine how Ronnie would be doing now as Pat Hughes feeds him? Tell us about the Rafael Solis, uh, Ronnie. He probably would just throw in the towel, and, or maybe Pat wouldn't even feed him that anymore because it's too hard to keep track of all the pitchers.
0: You know, it's uh, you, you, There's one thing, Coach. I don't mind having a rough season because you know sometimes teams have to rebuild. That's just the way baseball is. Teams have to rebuild every once in a while. The Cubs have no pitching in their farm system, none whatsoever. They have the – there's no pitching prospects in their in their farm system. The Cubs are screwed. And I'm going to tell you this straight up, the Cubs have a position player at every position two, three deep of guys that could possibly make the major league. Seriously, they do. And they have nobody. They have no arms. Their only arm, the only major league arm in their whole entire organization that is foreseen to be in the major leagues in five years, okay, is Jeff Samarja. In the whole entire organization, they only have one projected major league starter in their whole system. How disgusting is that coach? And Jeff Samarja is at best a three or four starter. This is, I mean, the Cubs organization right now is in total turmoil. I can't even explain how bad it is. They are, what they're going to literally have to do is start trading all these prime position players that they have for pitching prospects and then they're going to have to sign. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. If the, the, like the Cubs' the only chance of winning in three or four years is if 80% of all these players that they have, at uh, position players, end up panning out, and then they could trade some of them for pitching, or they're going to have to, again, break the bank and spend $15 million a year on pitchers that, like we talked about yesterday, mm-hmm. you do that and the a on the guy's arm falls off. So uh it's, it's not good to be a cup fan right now is all I can
1: say. No question. Understatement indeed. One, one uh, discouraging note, Big Dog, is that, you know, you talk about, okay, uh, you know, veterans are traded away. The team is out of the race. Guys are brought up opportunities. There are yeah. opportunities yeah. for a lot of young guys, both position players and the pitching staff that you have talked about. And what's been a little bit discouraging, Big Dog, is, is like nobody. For the most part, nobody is coming up and, and stepping up and, and taking advantage of that opportunity. Uh, you know, the best has been Anthony Rizzo, and even he has cooled up, but none of the young pitchers, none of the young players are seizing the opportunity. That's discouraging.
0: You know, you're exactly right, Coach, and that's what I was excited about. And I was like, hey, let's, let's let these young guys play. Let's see what we got. I, you know, if we're going to lose, I'd, I'd rather lose with the future. And all of a sudden, it's been dropped in my lap, and I was like, okay, this is this is not good. We know now there's a long way to go. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, I was hoping by 2015 the Cubs could be good again. Literally, be good again. It's in order for that to happen. Now they got to, you Wait, know, there was two, a plan. Oh, they could be good in 2015.
1: 2015. Yeah. So we have to go through two more bad seasons.
0: I, that's what I was hoping, Coach. That's not what's going to happen. I don't know. There is, is that- no way they could adjust their roster. And get fifteen to twenty good players on this roster by two thousand and fifteen. It's going to be almost impossible to clean. You know, you can clean an organization like that when you have a bunch of real good pieces already. How many good pieces do they have? And uh, how many players on this roster do you want on the roster? Castro, Barney, Samarja. Name another player off of that you really want on the roster. Truly, Coach Deepen Heart R- Rizzo. Okay, Rizzo, I forgot Rizzo. Yeah. Okay,
1: maybe four. maybe Brian LaHare and you know Maybe, me, like
0: you said, and he can't hit left-handed pitching whatsoever, and he's a below-average fielder.
1: I'm a long time, I have been uh, waking up in the middle of the night looking over at my wife, and she looks just a little bit, last couple nights, like Steve Clevenger. So, uh,
0: okay, Steve Clevenger is a great call, and I honestly think Steve Clevenger is a very good backup catcher yep. in Major League Baseball. Yep. So you have that, you have your backup catcher solidified. But other than that, Coach Hunt, there's not any major leaguers. If you have no major leaguers and you need 20 really good baseball players on your 25-man roster in order to contend in Major League Baseball, and, and if you want to win a World Series, you need 25 out of 25. I, 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 yes, you do. I don't care what anybody says about that.
1: Talking a little baseball here. Cub Baseball, White Sox Baseball fans want to check in. We'd love to hear from you Eight 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 four six three six seven. Four eight is the phone number. A little baseball talk. We've ignored baseball with all the football fever going on. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, the phone number. Big doll. The White Sox uh keep a game lead. Detroit won yesterday, but the Sox did too. They beat Minnesota six to two. Alex Rios, a couple of home runs. Jake Peavy pitching well. That was a big win for the White Sox because um they're hanging right now. Don't forget if they if they get beaten by the Tigers, they're still the wild card race. You almost got two different races going on.
0: Uh, yeah, and you, you, the White Sox don't want to be in the in, in the wild card race because they don't want to waste Chris Sale in a one game playoff to get into the playoffs. They need to pitch him twice in the in the first uh, five game postseason uh, matchup. So uh, these games are real important. And, and Alex Rios didn't just hit two homers yesterday; yeah, it was grand, a grand slam,
1: grand
0: a slam in the shot. first. Yep. Yeah, so six RBIs in a six to two win. When you have a six-RBI game and your team is in the playoff hunt in September, that's a game you remember the rest of your freaking life. That was a great game. One of the, the best games of the year so far. For mm-hmm.
1: Speaking of the wild card, all of a sudden the American League wild card is a really, really gotten uh, interesting slash entertaining slash tension-packed. Let me read this to you here. Baltimore and Oakland are dead even. And keep in mind, Baltimore is right on the heels of the New York Yankees. Are you, are
0: you, are you sure they're dead even because that's how they print it? What are their records?
1: Uh, that's
0: all, they just to let you know, they print the wild card like the top two teams are dead even. 76-60.
1: and 60, The Orioles are just one game back of the Yankees. Oakland also 76-60. and 60.
0: Okay, that's cool. But do, okay. do you realize when you look at that that they just print both teams like they're tied? Like the National League, it'll say the same thing, but they won't. Okay. So, but they are tied. Okay, All right. and yeah, Tampa,
1: you got tied. Tampa Bay uh-huh. quietly. The Devil Rays keep hanging in there, game and a half back. Joe Madden, Uh the Anaheim Angels. We thought maybe they were out of it. They went through that bad streak. They just got through sweeping a red hot Oakland A team. They're like the Cardinals in the American League. The, the Angels will not go away. They're two and a half back. Big dog. The Detroit Tigers slash Chicago White Sox three back. So you've got. Five teams, all within a couple of games, battling for two spots. It's going to be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, that's, that's going to be excellent. And then, you know, it's going to be so strange with the whole one-game playoff yep. because you, what are you going to do as a, as a manager? You have to get into that one-game playoff. But, you know, are you going to start Verlander to get in the one-game playoff? And next thing you know, you're starting Doug Fister in the one-game playoff. You know, this is – I guess it doesn't make any bit of difference if it's only a one-game playoff if you need mm-hmm. – because. You know, we've seen people like Randy Johnson and Justin Verlander pitch the last day of a season just to get a team in. But it's funny, as soon as they get in, it's a one-game playoff again, and you're like, we just pitched our best pitcher.
1: You know, it's interesting, speaking of pitchers, um, and this might go down to the Robin Ventura for Manager of the Year um, candidacy, but you know, I, was, I was thinking about the White Sox pitching. Now, they're having a great season. One of the surprise teams, they're still in first place, Mark Burley, Gets traded off in the offseason. John Danks, the guy who's going to replace him, pitches well for a couple of games, but he's been injured and out for the majority of the season. So they lose Danks. They lose Burley. Jose Quintana steps in. It was very, very good. That was a big boost. But all of a sudden, he's getting shelled of late. Phil Umber pitched the perfect game and was brilliant You know, for the first. Well, not brilliant, but he was good first third of the season. He's completely falling off the table between injury and lack of performance. He's not even starting anymore. Francisco Liriano the pickup has labored to put it best big dog. You got all that going on with the and he Gavin didn't even Floyd. You bring up
0: Gavin Floyd.
1: Gavin Floyd was, you know, average this year and now he's injured. So all that with your pitching staff and you're still in first place. How did that happen?
0: Because uh unlike the Cubs who have no pitching prospects for the last two years, everybody's talking about wow. The, the White Sox have all this pitching in the minor leagues, and they wouldn't trade any of it away when they needed a piece here. Or a piece. And luckily for the White Sox, they sucked last year, and they didn't like trade away three of these guys that were unknown at the time to get some old dude on July 30th. You know, to try to push them over the top. Instead, they hung on to all these guys. They threw them out there this year uh, with their eyes closed, be like, i just all right. Hopefully, we don't get hammered. All of a sudden, you look up in the middle of June and all these young pitchers were dominating. That's why let's face the reason why the White Sox are leading the division are because all these rookie all of these rookie pitchers have had at least a month of dominance this season, all of them, coach. I mean, some of them that are even bad now at one point this year they were just truly getting everybody out that they wanted. That's the difference. You need to load up your farm system with arms. That's what then the White Sox did it. They didn't panic last year. Uh, you know. They had a really, really bad year, and they they they, trade, they threw, got rid of some older guys and brought in some younger guys again. They did it right, and all of a sudden now they're contending for a world championship because they're going to win the division.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, baseball expert Joel Rodwanski uh, giving you the inside scoop of our beloved White Sox. One game still ahead of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I think we've got one more series, is that correct, at home? against the Tiger, and that um, obviously will be a critical series, and hopefully dog don't. Hopefully the White Sox fans will turn out for that, because you know what? If they don't, guess who's going to turn out for that series?
0: Detroit Tiger fans. Yeah.
1: That could I get know hugged. you're
0: exactly right, because you know what? Uh, a lot of Cub fans get grief because, you know, 36,000 people go to Cub games when they're 4 million games out of first place, and a lot of oh, they are not even watching the game. Well, I hate to tell you, all these people that graduated from Michigan and Michigan State and Eastern and Western Michigan, they come to Chicago to find jobs, not Detroit. And they don't want to go to White Sox games because they're Tiger fans. They go to Cub games. And then when they're not watching the game getting drunk, we as Cub fans get bashed when they're not even Cub fans going to Wrigley Field. Well, guess what? They'll show up at U.S. Sailor Field if the Tigers are in it. Okay, and you're exactly right, Coach you'll have 15,000 Tiger fans at U.S. Cellular Field rooting the Tigers on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't exactly want that right. to
1: happen. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, as a Northwestern basketball fan, I've seen that experience, and it's 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 cool for the players because they're not used to uh, playing in front of a full house, talking about Northwestern basketball or the White Sox player, but it is semi, if not all-out depressing when half the crowd or more than half is cheering for the other team. Like when Northwestern plays Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, Wisconsin's the biggest one. Oh, yeah. my goodness, do they come down? And see, and Northwestern fans make sure they purchase the Illinois game tickets just so the Illinois fans aren't there because that's their yes. rival. I wish they started doing that when they played Wisconsin and Iowa because Iowa mm-hmm. and Wisconsin travel just so they can get out of Iowa
1: and <laughs> Wisconsin. Any excuse, huh? Yes, any right. excuse. Be careful. Hawkeyes travels so well. Have you been to Iowa? You know. Northwestern's got the uh, Lualdang's cousin, seven feet one inches tall. Lualdang's cousin, signed, sealed, and delivered for the Northwestern Wildcats.
0: Uh, his his his, uh, his female cousin or his male cousin?
1: <laughs> his male cousin, and hopefully the surgically repaired right hand will be uh, much much better. That tractor accident was brutal.
0: <laughs> oh, brutal!
1: <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. All right, eight 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 four. 636748 the phone number last couple of minutes tomorrow football friday will make our beat the Schmoes football picks i'll be out of the studio i will attempt to call in and um big dog if i do call in
0: just call in before
1: 10:30 and i go 3 and 0 then i might have to do every football friday show from like outside the studio
0: you know what i i need to do to you what you do to our callers when they call in leave them on hold for like 5 minutes so they hang up <laughs> I don't do that. I'll do what I do to you. I'm calling from England, and it costs me $2 a minute, and you put me on hold for like three minutes Stop before it. you get me on.
1: Stop it. I don't put them on right away. I don't want to give them the impression we're like desperate to have a phone call. What I like to do is have the person that calls in listen to a little bit, just a touch of what we're talking about so they get a flavor for the show and we transition them in. Big Dog, I've been a caller to show. When you call in, you know it's good to be on hold for a little bit, like thirty seconds or a minute, so you can kind of get your wits about you, and and, and feed into the show. If they if they put you on right away, yeah, you, know, you may think you're doing the caller a favor. I don't think so. Trust me, that's part of my professional expertise as a host.
0: All right, well, call him before ten thirty because I got Macy and coming on the show tomorrow.
1: Who? <laughs> oh goodness, Big Dog, on behalf of all of our listeners, Cinemax, Cindy. Bobby from Bolingbrook, Back Hair Bob, all of our fine listeners out there, especially Back Hair Bob, I do want to wish you a happy birthday, my friend.
0: Uh, Thank you. I I work it tonight, thank God, because I need the money. And for the first time, I'm going to suck up for tips ever as a a kayak uh, tour guide. (laughs) And I'm going to let people know I turned 40 today and I'm four.
1: Beautiful. That should hope for the tips. By the way, speaking of tips, Back Hair Bob just emailed in and said, if Big Dog wants a present, he does have a few extra free certificates to a back hair removal spot. I don't have any back hair. Okay. Yeah. What can I tell you?
0: I'm pretty lucky. What Go I, back there.
1: What can I tell you? All right. Disappointing. I don't
0: have any head hair either, so that's unlucky.
1: Very disappointing for listener back hair Bob, but uh, very pleasing for uh, stalkers slash listeners Cinemax Indy. All right. We got to get out of here. Big Dog, good luck with the show tomorrow. I will call in. Feel free to put me on hold and, um, Go Bears. NFL coming up Sunday. Bears. Bears. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Back at you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. For the two guys in a mic show, TalkZone.com, producer David Olson and the rest of the crew. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.